Hello and welcome to a new season of Sports Girls. I'm Denise O'Flaherty and joining me this evening is our regular pundit, Adrian O'Sullivan, and we're going to talk all things Camogie, Adrian. Welcome back. How are you, Denise? Good to be back. It's only January, though. It feels like it's too early to be talking about anything now, isn't it? I know, and there's plenty to talk about. So we'll start with the All-Ireland Club semi-finals. They took place um, on Sunday. Derry, Slough, Neil are going for four senior titles in a row, just amazing. And they'll face Galway side Sarsfield in that final after they both came through their respective semi-finals. Slough, Neil, we see them in the football, we've seen them in the hurling and the girls are just doing it in the camogie. Yeah, no, they're a phenomenal club, I suppose. The self-made Gwaltox in Derry, um, they're a really interesting community, interesting people as well as a, as a GA club. Um, and I suppose they'll argue that they're the best, uh, they're the best cross-code club in the country and it'd be hard to argue against it. They've a phenomenal record. But one stage there that they had the Ulster Championships in Camogie, football and hurt, yeah. um, in the club. So look, they're clearly doing something right. I suppose from a Camogie point of view, like they're, they're going for four in a row. Um, I think it was only done once ever before mm. for Zali in the 80s and, It'd be a phenomenal achievement, especially as well. Camogie has changed so much in that time. Even playing, it's gone full pitch, fifteen aside. So really, look, they're, they're the best team of the modern era. You know, they're just they're just a phenomenal club side. They face Sarsfields. So they actually played Sarsfields in two thousand and seventeen and two thousand and eighteen. Yeah, <laughs> Sarsfields are probably the unluckiest club team of the modern era in that. Like they're a serious side as well, and the last two times they've got to Crow Park, they've ran into Slatnil. Um, so like they could easily in another year have two or three mm-hmm. titles on the board as well. And look, like Galway Championship is so so competitive, and they've consistently put Galway titles on the board, and consistently reach finals. I think look, the neutral observer will be hoping that they finally get over the line. Um, although two very likable club yeah. teams in the final, so I think it'll draw a lot of neutral attention and. Um, I suppose the best team will win on the day. But look, that that's a game to really look forward to. Um, there's some phenomenal players on both sides, and that's going to be a cracking game. Yeah, and then we look at the intermediate championship uh, in the semi-finals. Last year's beaten finalists, Galtier, they got revenge by defeating the holders, Clonduff. While St. Rhinus from Offaly, they went one better this year when they boot the place in the final with victory over Karen Moore. Mm-hmm. Yeah, again, two serious teams. We were on a long old bus journey home from an Ashburn game last night and we were trying to get our heads around this intermediate championship. It makes no sense whatsoever. Uh, the two teams are senior teams, so Offaly, Rhinos are the senior champions in Offaly, Galtier the senior champions in Waterford. Offaly and Waterford are both senior counties, but their champions are in the intermediate championship. Uh, Liz Moore have won uh, an intermediate title not so long ago for Waterford, uh, so they should have been promoted. Clanduff won it last year and they were still in the intermediate. So, like, the rules make no sense whatsoever. Uh, I know Tumivara had been given out there when they got beaten in the Munster final by Galtier. Um, that, you know, they were the intermediate champions. The Tipperary loses the senior champions in Waterford. Um, so, look, I think the Camogie Association really need to have a look at their rules there. Maybe there's a realignment of the competition structures needed there. But that's not to take away, I suppose, the two clubs can only play in the competition yeah. as per the rules that's put in front of them. And... I'm fairly sure both of these teams would compete in the senior championship really well if they were in it. Um, and that's going to be a phenomenal game. I think what, the Gontier have a, a good few of that Watford team who, who nearly pulled off a shock victory against Galway last year. Um, and Rhinos are littered with the Offaly team straight up the middle. Linda Sullivan, Siobhan Flannery, Roisin Egan. That's going to be a cracking game. Like, that day out in Crow Park would be brilliant. Like, those two games, 
conditions, weather conditions pending. They've been bad for a few years for the club points, but um, they'll be two absolutely brilliant games and well worth getting along to. Yeah, and speaking of games, the National League is back, but we'll talk about that in a few minutes because um, the Ashburn Cup, UL, they're on track for five in a row. You're not really asking me to comment on that now, DJ, because I'm still the manager. <laughs> I don't know if you can pin a podcast to the wall of a dressing room, but uh, <laughs> we won't be making any comments. Well, you can talk about the Ashburn Cup itself. Well, if you want to give me the, if we can play the poor mode, like we're playing WIT in the semi-final in WIT, and they're the league champions last year, so in their home grounds, look, you'd be expecting them to win it, really, wouldn't you? So I think we're only kind of tipping along, really, you know? I give it. <laughs> I know. Look, it's a great competition. Um, I suppose if you want to talk about it in general, um, it's a shame the National League is starting next week, right in the middle of the Ashburn. I suppose Camogie is a little bit different to Hurling in that the age profile of the players uh, playing for the county team is a lot younger. So there's actually a far higher number of county players playing in the Ashburn than maybe wouldn't the Hurling due to the age profile. And I suppose we played, we played in Manute last night. Um, and we're trying to mine players of a long bus journey home. They were trained with the counties on Sunday, as is only natural because they're preparing for league this weekend and have to play a league next week. And so every every college is the same. You know, WIT are full of county players, UCC, DCU. And it's just a shame. Like the, I think the league final is on the 8th of March or the 15th of March, and the championship doesn't start until the 16th of June. And you're just wondering why there's a need to... Uh, align the Komogi League with the Hurling League for the sake of playing the final on the same day. When you saw the crowds at the club games yesterday, each one of those clubs in the finals had a bumper crowd into Leedy Lamb Senior. Komogi Association shouldn't be afraid to stand on their own two feet and have the league final as its own, as its own standout occasion in April or May. Um, and, and just, I suppose, avoid the player burnout issue that's there at the moment. Yeah, exactly. The Littlewood Leagues are back this weekend. Now, Saturday evening, we've actually a tasty encounter in Parky Cueve. Cork to go on Waterford in Group 1 of Division 1. And that's actually part of a doubleheader with Cork and Tipperary in the hurling. Yeah, really interesting game. And a great way to start the league. Um, under lights there in Parky Cueve. Uh, with two of the best teams in the country. Uh, I suppose Waterford are coming in with a new management. Uh, Don O'Rourke has left that he did a great job of Waterford brought them from uh, a relatively low standing to be to be very very competitive uh, I miss Don I cut him straight in his face he's mad as a box of frogs he's a great crack to talk to about Hurling um, he's gone coaching um, Aaron's own down in Cork mm. uh, senior Hurling team but they have Fergal O'Brien in Fergal's very experienced uh, a lot of experience under Derek McGrann Waterford as part of his backroom team um, and of course, he's Dan Shanahan in with him, so everybody knows who Dan Shanahan is. So that in itself is a, is is something interesting to look out for. Uh, Dan had plenty of big days in Parky Creek yeah. himself, so he won't be any stranger to it. Um, from a playing point of view, I suppose Watford will be looking to see if they can make that extra stride. Like they were so so close to beating Galway last year. Yeah. Um, they had the chances after half time in the quarter final, but nearly never bowled the cow and they didn't do it and I suppose they, they're at a crossroads now and they'll either drive on from that and become a really really strong senior team or they'll be a bit like Dublin were in, in 2017 and that'll have been their, their their big achievement as a group you know and, but I think they're too talented not to drive on really like mm-hmm. the savage players um, like, like the Beck Carton Eve Rocket Anya Ling uh, Annie Fitzgerald 
throw it like their top top forwards that make any team. Obviously they'd be without the without the Gautier girls at the weekend, which is a loss. Um, Are you saying, Sully, that you know this year is compared to the other counties that this year was a huge year for Waterford? Yeah, it has to be. You mm. know, like I mean, like they achieved so much last year. I mean, they beat well. They had tip beaten in that championship game. This unfortunately was called off due to Nicole Walsh's injury and. Like they got out of the group and they played for for thirty five minutes that game against Galway. Galway had no answers and were really on the back foot. But ultimately they didn't win. And look, I've seen it myself over the years. Like they can go one of two ways from here. It's all the Westmead hurlers. They nearly be tipped there one year. Yeah. The whole year. So I remember the year we ne- nearly. Yeah. Yeah, and it's nearly. And it, but like nearly is nothing, you know. And like they have two choices now. They can either drive on and try and achieve more as a group or. They'll be meeting up for the next ten years, talking about the time they nearly beat Galway, you know. So they're yeah. at crossroads as a group, and and they'll need to drive it on, really, you know. Cork have an interest in the appointment as well. Body uh, is shaking up his back room a little bit, um, and he has uh, Liam Cronin in with him. Though, if you're not interested in coaching, you might not know who Liam is. But uh, Liam was at the the Care Senior Hurlers for uh, for the last number of years, um, and has won a number of Harky Cups at Art Skull here in Limerick. He's a Cap Moore man. Um, it's unusual in its own right. Cork don't usually let outsiders in, so the fact that they let a Limerick man into the ranks is. Uh, I like the way you say that. I I worked in Cork, and they definitely don't let outsiders in, and I stayed there for over a year, so I must have done something right. Yeah, they're an independent republic, though. so um, and look, it's it's hard to know what way the league. Yeah. Paul usually uses it to blood a few players. Suppose Galway showed last year that it is possible to to win the league and the championship. Um, that is possible to to get an early momentum and kind of keep it going through the year. So, um, look, it'll be interesting to see. I suppose there's a few younger players that Paddy used last year, like the Sirius McCarthy, Laura Hayes, and these. Um, see how they develop and, and how they get game time and stuff like that. Um, I suppose without the goal here, girls, maybe the, the the edge on Watford, but definitely a very interesting game. Be well worth going along to. Um, if you're tipping along to the hurling, be worth going in early to see it. Yeah, like in all fairness. If you want something to be part of a double header, that game would excite anyone. We'll move on we we'll move on to the games on Sunday and Offaly play Clare and that game is also in group one. Yeah, Offaly and Clare, like I suppose uh Offaly have a new manager as well, yeah. who would have started the run as revolution, I suppose. He would have won the, the the first couple of their championships they've been on the road for a couple of years now. He's taken over from Mick Wall. Um, they're coming in on the back of a difficult couple of years I think uh, from speaking to Mick they've all, they all found it difficult to get all their best players on the pitch at the same time um, a little bit of a true look with injury and stuff like that and then players away travelling and, and that kind of thing so they never really got it going for the last couple of years so um, Albert has a tricky job but I think sometimes when, when things aren't going well you need the local guy to go in and just I suppose, uh, break down any political barriers that are there between clubs and stuff like that and just kind of rally the troops. Uh, there's no doubt that Offaly have talent. Um, that's not in question. You know, they have the old uh, stallers there, Arlene Watkins, Michaela Morkin, all these kind of players. Um, but it's hard to know what kind of shape they're in, I suppose, for the first round of the league. Yeah. Uh, Claire, I suppose, are, are in a similar enough situation in that the word is that they're very much in a rebuilding um kind of transition I suppose for want of a better word our teams don't like to be told they're in transition but uh, Ger O'Connell is, is adding a lot of young players to his squad and look it can be it can be a harsh learning ground uh, the Division 1 of the National League and if you have a lot of young players out and they don't hit the ground running 
you can get a lesson pretty quick. Um, yeah, look, it'd be interesting just to see what the two lineouts are in that team. Obviously, Offaly would probably, I would assume, be without the right. Well, I suppose, yeah. Like so Siobhan Flannery and young Kate Kinney and these, Linda Sullivan, the Dolans, and like Ryan do contribute a, a big number of players to that Offaly team. So I think if they're, if Claire are going to beat them this year, it'll be, it'll be on Sunday. Joe, they're probably a little bit vulnerable at the moment. Exactly. In Group 2 then, on Sunday, we have two games. Dublin take on Galway and Limerick are at home to Tipperary. Yeah, Dublin have a new manager as well, uh, David Tracy's father. David Tracy's Dublin hurler. John yeah. is in uh, is in over Dublin now. I think it's his second stint with them, as far as I know. Uh, he was in as a selector um, around 2014-15 as well. So he knows the, knows the scene up there. Um, by all accounts, has been very well received up there and, and the players are happy with the with the new setup and stuff like that. He did a turbulent enough year last year, by all accounts. Um, now, that said, what a start. <laughs> Bringing the double uh, double winners into, into yeah. the yard and having a cut off them. So, um, they'll have to learn pretty quickly, I suppose. Um, and it kind of it kind of sums up Camogie in a way. Both Cork and Waterford on in Parky Creek started the evening and the the Dublin Galway game is on in, in DIT's pitch out in Blanchardstown on Sunday. So I suppose it shows the highs and lows you can reach in Camogie in the one week. Uh, you will definitely never be getting any notions about yourself anyway to play the National League game out there. But uh, I suppose that's, that's just the nature of it, isn't it? Exactly. Your own Limerick playing Tipperary? Yeah, Limerick got through a turbulent enough winter mm. by all accounts. Uh, they have a new manager as well, Paul Sexton. Um and I think uh, Paul, I suppose, is the victim of the of the the management appointment process. I suppose, as to, as opposed to any bad feeling against him himself as a man. Um, I know the players were unhappy there this year. That uh, I suppose they wanted to keep Declan uh, Declan Nash, and they wanted to keep the setup. And the county board, for some reason, didn't seem to want to do that, and it seemed to drag on and drag on and drag on. Um, but Paul was appointed, and look, I read the Limerick leader there, Jerome O'Connell, had an article uh, yesterday, I think, that they have their full panel back from last year, um, apart from Eve McCarthy, who's gone travelling. So, look, that's a fair sign for Paul that the players have yeah. what he's doing, because um, in any walk of life, it's practically impossible to get a full panel back. There's always people that, that drop out in any, yeah. in any squad I've ever been with. You'd always have one or two anyway. That's a huge thing for them, I suppose, the only thing for them is that the one that they're missing is Neil McCahey. <laughs> Um And look, over the over the last couple of years, they've been heavily reliant on her from a scoring point of view, uh, from a leadership point of view. And look, you know, it's just their big challenge now is uh, where are they going to fill that vacuum? You know, um, Tipperary, I think, are are building as well. Um, you know, from from chatting from chatting to Bill. Like they, they're happy with how they're, they're tipping along, but um, it's hard to know in January as well. I suppose I, I know I've seen on Twitter there they lost Sarah Friday to injury. Uh, she was only just back on the panel, and like she's a big, big player. Or the wires in Australia yeah. for the moment. I don't know whether uh, her plan is to come back for the championship or not. So I think there is talk that she might be back for the championship. So she'd be an addition. But tip of bags of talent, I suppose. And, Look, league is league. It's probably, you know, I suppose we should be trying to height it up a bit, but it all depends on what approach they take and whether they're going to go balls out and try and win the league or whether they're going to be building with a, with a view to the summer, you know. So. Isn't it really, though? That's the way teams, and I think even with, with the football and the hurling, 
the big thing is you can either go all out and want to win the league or you can use it as a building process. The, the two things that you can do with the league. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I suppose the challenge, again, just what I spoke about there a minute ago in the, in the Camogie is that, let's say, you, if, you, if you get the league final, it's on the 8th of March or 15th of March, one yeah. and then you're not playing championship begins in June, so like, it's like two separate seasons, so yeah. one flat out, and it's, 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 I suppose, bridging the gap between the two. Galway managed it last okay. year, and Colin Murray's a serious, a serious operator, and obviously he had a plan in place to mm. make sure that I suppose the momentum didn't drop and things like that. Um, then again, like, but the advantage the big teams have, the top three or four teams, is that if we call it a spade a spade, the championship isn't that competitive. And once you get, once you look at your group fixtures and stuff like that, they probably have the luxury of going out all out to win the league, taking taking a little bit of time off and then aiming that maybe late July, early August to peak again and, and drive on again. So it's a little bit different for the likes of Clare, Offaly, Limerick. Um, those kind of teams that maybe kind of feel that they have to be to be up and running to compete in the league early doors, you know. When you talk about the championship and that gap, and when you look at the teams that are going to be without players, obviously because the All Irelands, would it be better off starting um, the league later and letting teams and have their players available from the very start? Or yeah, I think so. I, like, I suppose. Look, I understand what they're doing, and obviously the connection is there with the sponsors, the Littlewood yeah. sponsor, the the Camogie and the Hurling, and like, and last year was a nice occasion. Like we were up in Crow Park, Limerick Watford was on the Hurling, Galway, Kinney was a great game. Yeah. and there's no, there's no doubt about it. It was a great occasion, but like, I I think that they shouldn't be afraid to stand alone on their own two feet, you know. And like, you have three divisions there. Play the three finals on one day in a nice kind of a ground somewhere like Port Leash, where. Yeah. So a decent crowd would look well, or Tullamore. Tullamore, yeah. And, and they're welcome to Longford. Yeah, exactly. Well, the stand is sinking into the ground. And no, no, it's all it's all grand now. Thanks for Granard, man. Lennon Brothers Pierce Park is nice now. Yeah, we had the misfortune of having to play a hurling match in Longford one January with Kildare, and if you were down to fourteen, you're you're at eye level with the stand, and if you're at the far fourteen, you're you're about twenty feet under. So now, now it is perfect. <laughs> but yeah, look, I think maybe the time has come to you know let the Ashburn stand on its own two feet as yeah. far as this competition. Let the club final stand on their own two feet at this time of the year as well. That's enough for this time of the year. Start your league middle of March in. Yeah. March. Play your league into Well, the weather actually, Sully, the weather will be a lot better, you know, and therefore people will be more inclined to go to a game. Exactly, and even from a preparation point of view, yeah. last weekend none of the challenge matches went ahead for any of the counties. So all the pitches were frozen. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of the counties struggling to get training pitches during the week because clubs are closed and maybe want to mind the pitches and stuff like that. So, look, the the, the knock-on benefits of shoving the season forward a month or two. Um, would be massive to make it easier to, to, to manage the, the training uh, preparation for coaches and, and S&C guys and everything like that and play the games in the better weather. I think I know that there, there is this kind of a perception that it's, it's better to play it in front of the hurling and have the big crowd there and that but surely for the promotion of the game it's better to have eight or 9,000 people at the game who want to be there as opposed to 20,000 people who have happened to wander in early for a different game and happy to see it. Listen, I've seen, and you've probably seen it too, um, been at double headers, and the people that are in at the start want to be there for the ladies or the camogie. They'll stay then maybe for the, the football or the hurling, but they'll go. Whereas, you know, the ones that are there for the second match, 
come straggling in. And there's a bizarre situation that they make this game on Sunday is that the Camogie's on after the hurling. So you could very well, like, you could very well have a situation whereby, and I seen it in Turles last Saturday night, like, Limerick are a big attraction now in the hurling and so on. Yeah. And kids want to go out in the field and they, and they want to, and they want to get autographs of players and they're yeah. and they want to see the players. You'll have both Camogie teams coming out on the field trying to warm up. There's still going to be people on the pitch. Yeah. And then the game will start with most of the crowd leaving the ground instead of coming into the ground. And it's just like, surely that game would be better off played in Nina or uh, in Kilmallock or Brough and have five or six hundred people there who actually want to be there in a nice tight little ground or outside Newcastle West where they always support Camogie as opposed to playing it in front of a crowd that's getting smaller as the game goes on inside a massive stadium. I don't really see the benefit of it. And look, Camogie Association will tell you it's a double header and it's great to have a big crowd there. Playing after a big game is not a double header, I'm sorry. You can dress it up whatever way you want, but it's not. And I guarantee you the players and the tip players would love to go to Newcastle West because we used to bring teams out there the whole time. We brought awfully out there for championship. You get a massive vocal local crowd. It's an intimidating place for Limerick to bring teams. But you always got a good game out there. The small ground and the crowd is in over the wire and they get involved in the game and they know the game. And it's better than playing in front of, as I say, a crowd is getting smaller as the game goes on inside in a, in a 50,000 stadium with six or 700 people inside it. So I, I don't really see the benefit of that at all. Exactly. We'll move on to Division 2 now on Saturday in Group 1. Galway take on Kerry and on Sunday down play Derry. And then in Group 2, both games are on Sunday. It's Kilkenny versus Cork. And then a nice one, Westmead versus Mead. Yeah, like I suppose Group 2 in that league is, uh, is a group of death, I suppose, is the, is the word that's it's banded around sport, the cliche that's banded around sport. But all four of those teams in that Group 2 would have serious ambitions of winning that league. Yeah. Um, like last year, Galway, uh, last year... Um, Kenny would have won the Intermediate Championship in Leinster. Westmead won the All-Ireland Championship Intermediate. Uh, Mead are only, uh, only down from a couple of years operating in senior. Um, and Cork are always very strong. Yeah, Intermediate, yeah. Like that's, that's impossible to, impossible to call. I suppose as the Intermediate Champions and haven't gone up to, to senior in the Championship, the next step for uh, progression for Johnny Greville's team would be to get up into Division 1 in the league as well. It's very, very difficult to go from playing Division 1 Camogie in the springtime to making that step up to senior. Um, it, it, it's very, very hard to do it. Um, and I, I noticed this year with Larvin, I suppose last year now with Westmead, like we won Division 2 in the National League, but ultimately we came up against Leash, who had been up yeah. in Division 1, and they were just, they were just that bit sharper, they were better, you know, and I don't know, is there, was there that much indifference in personnel, but but you could definitely see that that they're, they're hurling. With yeah, when you play at a higher level, yeah. Yeah, they were just playing at a higher level for a longer time and it definitely showed. And I think that's a big challenge now. And I don't know what Johnny stands there for that team, whether he wants to stay with them for three or four more years. But for the progression of Westmead, Camogie in general, they really need to make sure they're in Division 1 as well as being a senior team if they really want to progress, you know. Right, we were talking about the fixtures and how the Camogie Association have been with them. Now, one thing I noticed was last weekend, and someone actually put a tweet out before the games, the All-Ireland semi-finals were down for Sunday. Saturday was free, but Sunday, your local media couldn't really get people because you had a full round of hurling, you had a full round of men's football, and you had a full round of ladies' football. 
you know, Saturday would have been the perfect t- opportunity to have those games. Yeah, absolutely. I suppose, look, um, my, my dad was involved in making fixtures for a long, long time, for three decades. It's not as black and white as picking your time and uh, and deciding where the game is on. So the Camogie Association don't own any pitches. They're, re- they're really looking for a handout every time. So I suppose you need a lot of things to line up to be able to get the games on, you know. Um, and there's a chance maybe those pitches weren't available on the Saturdays and stuff like that. So I don't really mind that too much. The one thing I would say is, was there a need to play all four games at the same time? Do you know, um, we're promoting the games and stuff. Like, that's what I'm all about and, and the coverage because you know it's come a long way we see streaming now of games and everything and, and the Camogie Association have been doing you know really well but as you said the four games and then obviously I said having them on the Sunday but even if you had maybe one or two games on the Sunday but the four of them at the same time was you know they could have at least staggered them out yeah no definitely and look like even if they had just played the two senior games at a different time they were two brilliant games like and with top top players playing, um, and it would be nice to be able to watch. Uh, it would be nice to be able to watch, mm. you know. Um, but look, it's easier said than done, you know. And it's a difficult task getting pitches and, and getting fixtures and stuff like that. But um, maybe it's something they'll take on board into the future. Um, that they, that they will maybe stagger the games or um, even playing the double headers or something like that. So. Because there's a lot of genuine Camogie people out there, neutrals, that would have liked to see as many of those games as they possibly could. Um, whereas because they're all at the same time, could only see one, you know. So uh, maybe if you play them as double headers or stagger them over the Saturday and Sunday, double header on a Saturday, double header on a Sunday, um, would give people more opportunity to go see them. Now, that said, it obviously didn't do the attendance with any harm. I've seen pictures going around this there, queues into grounds. There's a massive crowd in Ashburn, definitely, um, for the. Uh, for the game that was played there, big crowd in Plain, uh, so big crowd in Nina, so but it didn't do the crowds any harm. I think the, the, the local communities in those, in those clubs really bought into it. I saw St. Vincent's had a huge uh, crowd coming down, and Scott Neal always had a big following, and, and that kind of thing. And there was, there was big hype around Rhinos, and they were on Operation Transportation and everything. So, look, the, the club championships really captured the imagination of, of local communities and the surrounding areas, and I think that was reflected in the crowds that were at the games. But, yeah, I agree that they can definitely improve, I suppose, the packaging of the presentation and the timing and stuff like that. So that would be something, but I think there's no doubt about it. The club championships are a success and they definitely have captured the, captured the imagination of the local communities. Well, saying this club is everything. Right, we've got a new feature um, to the show. It's Hot Topic of the Week. So our hot topic is, it has been announced that Leash Camogie will take part in the league and championship now, a few weeks back, they withdrew from all adult competitions due to the unavailability of players. But thankfully, that issue has now been resolved. Yeah. I smell a rat here, Dee. <laughs> There's something going on there that somebody's not telling us. Uh, very unusual situation. I saw that Willow Callahan was reporting there mm. earlier. Um, that they, or Sorry, it was Leash today. It was 18 Dunn that had it up. Yeah, and Willow Callahan had it up as well, yeah. Willow Callahan had it up as well, but 18 Dunn had the article on Leash today and... Um, she said they contacted the Leash County Board. There's rumours that there's a completely new management got in and that the County Board wouldn't comment on it. And I just think that's bizarre. Like, it's just, if you have a new management, just say you have a new management. Something unusual happened there. And Is John Delaney living in Leash? Yeah, I just don't know. I don't know. Like, Leash had a couple of competitive minor teams there mm. lately and 
Um, you know, it's not that long ago since they won the intermediate or the, the junior All Ireland year. We won it with Kilkenny. They're in the semi final. Um, they played Cork in the semi final over in over Nina, and like you know, they, they should have a decent team, but something has happened there that neither side is admitting to. Whether it's a follow with management, whether it's a player follow with county board, a management follow with county board, and obviously the county board played the nuclear card and pulled the team. Because it is, it is strange. Yeah, one minute no players, next minute oh, we have players. Yeah, I don't know. Look, it's just seems. Watch this space. Yeah, it doesn't reflect well on mm. the Like a couple of things have happened over the the off season that I just think are bizarre. Um, I've seen a couple of county teams put up that they had uh, senior county trials all welcome out on Twitter. It's like. Is this the perception you want for Camogie? Like, you know, that. Jeez, I could try that out. Yeah, if you fancy coming along, Joe, come along. It's kind of stuff, and it's like, jeez, you'd really want, I'd love to have a word with some of them and go, lads. Oh, let's have a bit of cop on here. This is not how you do your business. And leash fall into that category here now. Like, just what's that all about? Um, and then, not, like, not confirming whether they've a new manager or whatever. It's like, it's not the, that's a third secret of Fatima. Just tell us whether they're the new manager or not. Like, you know, They'd be the same people who'd be giving out if they're not getting coverage their games in the summertime, you know. So, look, I don't know. I don't know that the hot topic really. I think it doesn't really matter. You know, it's like I don't know. It's just a bizarre one. It's a very, very strange. One. Well, we have bizarre topic of the week. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> we'll go with that. Yeah, they're back. So maybe they maybe go to win a few games. Now that they're back. Ooh. Just, uh, strange. And we're going to have a uh, player of the week, and each week we'll be asking yourself and whoever has was pundit who they think will be Player of the Week. And then at the end of the month, we'll determine who the Player of the Month is. Look, I have to put my hands up. I wasn't at any of those club games at the weekend, but um, from speaking to people who were at a few of the different games, two standout performers of the weekend were uh, Tina Hannon and Tina Bradley. So she's married now. Uh, Tina Bradley, the ex-Offley player for Slot Neal, um, was her typical unmarkable self for uh, for Slot Neal. Um, and Siobhan McGrath contributed 10 points out of 112 for Slot Neal. So... Uh, she's one of four sisters playing playing with the playing with the new in outfit. Um, I wouldn't pick between the two of them. I wasn't at either of the games, but by all accounts, the two of them were the, the top class uh, top class performers over the weekend. So just because I'm unprepared this week, we go for a joint. We give a joint. Just that yeah, cut me a bit of slack this week. Yeah, we'll have more research done. Uh, more research done. Now it's, it's it's January for the for the players and the managers. It's January for the pundits as well. D, you know, we're, we're a bit rusty, like so. I know what it, I know what it's like. I know what it's like. Listen, we're going to have. I tell you, it's all about new features now in the sports girls. Jeez, yeah, you're you're trying to be curveballs out of here, no D. Tom has obviously had his thinking cap on over. He's thinking, yeah. What will we get? We get Sully, you know, somewhere. We'll just get him off. We're going to have Twitter questions. So if anyone has any questions that they'd like to ask our pundits, just DM. I know, just don't ask. Kamog, oh sorry, Kamogi related. Yeah. <laughs> what are you afraid of now? What are you afraid of? <laughs> so just DM at sportstalk.ie and that's actually dot D-O-T-I-E. We won't mention your name if you don't want it. So we have a few questions in. Oh, okay. Right, so at the moment, Mr. O'Sullivan, who would you rate as the number one Kamogi player in the country? <laughs> Sorry. Uh, that is difficult. That's a very difficult question. Um, I suppose it would be very hard to look past Neve Kilkenny um, based on the performance she gave in the latter stage of the championship this year. Um, really, really top class. 
and like Tina Hannon who we mentioned there like she, she's such a big loss to Offaly um, she delivers day in day out for Slat Neal and like there is no way they'd be going for four in a row without her there's no question about that she just really is that star quality um, so I think like that's such a hard question I'd nearly start to pick 10 but if you stuck with the skin of my collar if you said if I could have any player in the transfer market in the morning and, and stick with I take Nate Kikini or Tina Hannon any day, any day of the week. Um, just really, really top class. Um, geez, yeah, that's a difficult one to start. Geez, whoever sent that in, thanks very much. <laughs> we just want to see what you were like if you're up to it now. So like. Yeah, have a look at Nate Kikini. Like, it's just, uh, look, she really showed her class there. Like, I've seen a bit of her over the winter and stuff and look, she asked, just different. She moved at different levels than everybody else. She's top class. So you're like the, the Sadio man of Camogie, uh, yeah? Comparison. Yeah, I think that uh, Sadio Mane is the need to of soccer. I think that's the Oh, I like that. I like that. I like that. So, uh, another one. What do you think of the suggestion of calling Camogie women's hurling? Oh, that's an interesting one. I actually saw an article the other day from 2007, right? Um, when the Camogie president at the time, Liz Howard, got in woeful trouble altogether. Uh, we're probably calling it women's hurling they should call it women's hurling no I don't care what they call it but I think my own personal feeling in it is that the, and we spoke about this a good bit last year on the podcast yeah. um, is that the level of physicality and conditioning and everything has, has gone to such a level in, in senior camogie at the moment that it would benefit as a spectacle from playing under the hurling rules Mm. Now, we got an insight into that in September because Ray Kelly pretty much refereed that our Ireland Cody final like a hurling match. Now, he wasn't told to, I heard from through the great point, that he just decided to do that and let it off. And it was one of the best Cody yeah. And Liz Dimsey pretty much let the Cork Galway semi-final go. There was a lot of physicality in that. And... It was great to see as well. We played a couple of challenge matches against county teams over the winter time there, and because there's a bit of contact allowed now under the new trial rules, the rest of the, the teams asked us, could, would we allow a little bit more contact? And you know what? It was physical, but nobody got hurt, and it definitely added to the spectacle. So, look, I don't think the name of it really matters. It's the, it's the game itself, and my own personal feeling on it is that, um, is that it would benefit from playing under the hurling rules. I don't know whether that would be a popular opinion out there. I think maybe amongst the Camogie administration and the higher... I think Carol O'Leary spoke about, you know, herself as a player and a lot of players, because you mentioned physicality and people think physicality is like a dirty or hard enough. It's actually not. It's when you're allowed to go in hard in a tackle, you know, and when it's done cleanly, it's done expertly, yeah. They're up there that... Yeah. Like, Referees are blowing out, so players coming out with a ball, and there's any physical contact. That's the way Gaelic football has gone. Really, it's just yeah. Yeah. So yeah, look, I suppose giving you a long answer there. I don't think it really matters what it's called, but it would benefit from playing under the rules. That's my own kind of my own thoughts on it. Yeah. And finally, for uh, this session of uh, let's go, Will Sully, do players take the league serious? Um, I would say they do. I would say they do, yeah. Um, I suppose there's only two competitions that you can win nationally. Um, the provincial competitions aren't taken that seriously. Yeah. They're nearly more like tournaments. Um, I know all, all my players in the U.S. are taking it seriously anyway. Like I don't think any of them would turn their nose up at a league medal. And 
I can see from talking to the counties and managers and stuff like that that they are preparing for it. Look, none of them are going to choose winning the league over in our Ireland, obviously. Oh, yeah. That's, that's the pinnacle of anyone's career. Yeah. And look, I don't think anyone who was at the league final last year think Galway and Kikini could, could claim that any of those players went out not trying to put one over in yeah. that position. Um, so, yeah, look, I, I think they do. Yeah. And I am looking forward to the league. I think there's, the, I suppose, the trial rules will be interesting to see and there's new managers and new players and look, it's definitely an exciting time uh, if you're interested in Camogie. So, um, yeah, look, I take it seriously, D, anyway. I can only speak for myself, I suppose. I think the players do, but I do anyway. We talk about trial rules and it's a bit like, you know, there was so much discussion and there'll probably be more discussion this weekend as well with the rules in the men's game. What are you looking forward to most with the trial rules or what trial rule are you looking forward to most? Uh, the one I think is the most beneficial is the, is reducing the penalty to one-on-one. Because mm. um, it's quite difficult to score a penalty in Camogie with three on the line and I think um, it'll make defenders have to defend because Look, there maybe might be a lot of people wanting yeah. to defend this, but like a lot of coaches coach defenders to pull players down if their goal chance is on because the chance. I'll take one for the team, yeah. Yeah, take one for the team, and um, whereas now when it's a one-on-one penalty, if you're playing like the Watford, Beck Carton will stick it. If you're draw, if you're playing Galway and O'Reilly or Carry Dolan will stitch it. Draw if you're playing Cork. Uh, uh, or the Cronin or, or, or the Cotter will stitch it, you know. So all these teams have players who are, are Denise Gall for Kikini is a serious belt of a ball and like, like they have a chance to score with three in the line. Yeah. They're definitely going to score one in the line. So it, I hope they bring that one in. I think that's going to change teams that actually have to defend instead of being cynical. The other ones I'm not so sure of, um, don't know, I don't know about the free out of the hand. Like, it might speed up the game, but, Free out of the hand is a skill, you know, or free off the ground. Off the ground, even, Sully, even myself, and I would be a, a football person, but I love going to a match, and our free taker at the moment for Longford is for my own club, Darren, and he's off the ground, and I just love it. I remember James Masters, you know, he was the same, it's just an art. Yeah. And as you said, yeah, 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 yeah you, you just said it, yeah. One day, just stroking the ball off the ground, it's like... That's an art, like it's, it's a skill. And I think it is an art, just getting that, that slither and yeah. you're getting your, you know, the hurling just, yeah. But the one thing I will say about that rule, right, and look, it might sound like I'm being critical of that there now, but what I will compliment the Kamogi Association on is I think that their reasoning for bringing in that rule, they have good intentions. Hmm. They want to speed up the game and we all want to speed up the game. So I, I commend them on their... Int- or maybe have a couple of seconds because you look at the Kerry Dublin game the other night, and between and the free was awarded and the free was taken, you know, there was time. Whereas, you know, you have only so many minutes to take the free. Yeah. Maybe that speed up that way. Yeah, exactly. The rest of the rules, like, I like the contact one, but I don't know, the wording of it is a bit open interpretation, but I'd be definitely a fan of anything that allows more contact. Um, I can't remember the rest of my top of my head, to be honest, with the hate from the nerd, but, um, yeah, look, I think the one that they should definitely bring in is the one-on-one penalty. I'd like to see that. And, and you know what? The goalies are traveling as well. Like, you know, there's some serious goalkeepers out there. And uh, I don't think Anya Murray or Sarah Healy or Laura O'Neill or any of these would be automatically thinking that a one-on-one penalty is a goal. Like, you know, Could this be the year of the goalie? Yeah, the standard of the Camogie goalkeeping has definitely risen beyond recognition over the over the years. And there's some serious operators there now and there's plenty of them that would fancy themselves in a one-on-one situation against any forward you know I suppose it's easy to say that until someone like Denise Gall comes up and hits it 
80 kilometers an hour, you know, over your left ear or whatever. <laughs> you only see it on the way back out, you know. But, um, you know, look there, it'll be interesting. It'll be interesting to see how it works out. And, um, it's definitely going to add, uh, add a different, uh, level of interest to the league. Just to see what, see what way they play out over the, over the next couple of weeks, you know. So where are you at the weekend? Uh, I'm going to stay. I'm going to be one of those who stay and watch the Limerick Smith game. I think I'll go into the hurling on Sunday. Um, and I look over the years, I've coached Limerick for a couple of years and we have a few of their players playing with UL and coached a few of the tip players with Mary Eye and with UL as well. So I'd have a good interest in that game on both sides. So, um, yeah, I'll go and I'll stay and watch that and, and see how it plays out. So, but I think the, I do think the game of the weekend. Yeah. Um, I think under the lights in Parky Queens, uh, Cork can definitely be looking to put on a show for their home crowd that'll be there for the hurling. And look, Watford, like, like Fergal, uh, like, he'll be bringing his hurling experience to that and be interested to see how, what, how, what kind of style of play they have and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, I'll be at the Liberty Tip game, but definitely I think the Cork Watford game is the most interesting one of the weekend. It is a great game to start off the league. And the thing about it is, the first games, you always know, getting those points on the board early on and getting a good performance. Yeah, definitely. And I could be wrong now, but I think they've changed the league structure this year that there's no semi-finals. Um, that I think it's just the top one. Ladies do the same, yeah. Um, so that makes every game vital. Yeah. You know? Um, so realistically, if Watford lose on Sunday or Saturday night, like they're probably out of the league, you know, because Cork are probably going to win their other two games. So it's unusual to have a knockout game. I don't know. Any harm in having the league semi-finals? Um, if you're going to do away with semi-finals, you should have one group of eight instead of two groups of four. If you're going to have such a space between the league and the championship as well, at least semi-finals will drag it out a bit. Mm. Yeah, it doesn't seem to make any sense. But look, again, it sounds like I'm being negative against the Mogi Association. I'm sure there's a reason for it, and um, they can justify it. But it just it seems like a bit of an unusual. One. And I could be wrong as well. There could be semi-finals. I don't know. I thought somebody said there wasn't. So. If listening and think there's no semi-finals, do not take that as gospel. I could have just made that up. Do not believe anything Sully tells you. Yeah, yeah. Don't Sorry, Sully. Listen, Sully, as always, it was great chatting to you. And listen, we look forward to hearing your views next week. So until then, Sloan, go fall.